Hello and welcome back to the Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob. And Scott. And the Bills suck, the Packers suck, we suck, and everything is depressing. So without further ado, let's get into this week. And we start with the Bills versus the Patriots, and the Patriots prevailing 29-25 to in an absolute thriller of a game here. Scott, what are your initial thoughts from this matchup? Yeah, from a, a Bills point of perspective here, when the defense is missing as many pieces as they really are, it's hard to put a lot of blame on them because they really are missing so many amazing pieces and good starters from their defense. But when that happens, and you have one of the top offensive in the game, and they can't bail you out, it's a problem. It's a big problem. When you have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, they should be able to go and win you a game. And that offense looked terrible yet again. Like, how many weeks in a row are we going to say this? That they're starting out so slow and their offense doesn't look good. Like, versus the Giants, the defense held up their end of the bargain and the offense couldn't help. And they still stole that game. They shouldn't have won that. And they didn't deserve to win in New England either. Yeah, and I completely agree. It, it's very concerning to see the the offense getting off to the slow start, kind of what's happening with my Packers as well. But just it seems like this team still, despite everything, lives and dies with how well Josh Allen does in the passing game. And really, the only person that's consistently stepped up this year is Stephon Diggs. But you can't expect him to be that incredible player every single week. Nobody has a great game every single week. Going up against this tough Patriots defense, you would have liked to see them spread the ball around a little bit more. I know Dalton Kincaid had a pretty good game. But, I mean, this Bills offense was really a non-factor the entire game until the third and fourth quarter and they were still unable to win this game as their defense allowed a terrible uh, last drive to Mac Jones to to seal the game and that's really something that we haven't seen at all from the Patriots this year and for this to happen to the Bills it's just it's really just unacceptable play from both sides of the ball I mean going into this week I think we both said that like if you lose this one like you're not considered the top dog anymore you really aren't yeah, it, they certainly haven't showed that in several weeks now, not since the Miami game. I know when you when you get outplayed, when Josh Allen gets straight up outplayed by Mac Jones. I mean, what are we doing here with the supporting cast that the Bills have around Allen compared to Jones? How are you not able to produce in the way that you have before? And I think at least some of this blame has to be put on Ken Dorsey and how he's trying to cook up this offense. He really has not been able to get any of his playmakers going. Yeah, I mean, I did have some compliments for him easier earlier in the year when it seemed like he was really giving him some layups and taking some easy decisions, but that doesn't even seem to be happening now. Like, there just seems to be absolutely nothing going for this team. They keep getting themselves in third and longs, and again this week, they were 5-12 at third down. Like, that's not a recipe to win games. No, it's not. And they didn't even stop. Like, they were just completely unable to stop Mac Jones. Like, you had, despite everything that went wrong in this game you still had the opportunity to win and then you let let mac jones come back on you so i mean this defense is kind of what it's been in the past few years which is really good most of the time but then some of the time you're going to have those awful choky moments and like you said they have injuries but that's what they are this year those injuries are long like white and and milano out for the year that can't be an excuse for you anymore because this is your team now yeah absolutely 
So they really are going to have to, to, to find out who are the playmakers that we trust on this team, and we can't coddle them anymore. We have to put them in positions to succeed, both on the offense and on the defense. Like Who are the guys that we trust? And we have to put them out there. Because Gabe Davis, one catch, six yards, that's, he's supposed to be your number two guy. At this point, like it was always going into the year that nothing mattered until January. I mean, if you keep playing like this, you're not even going to see January. Yeah, I, seriously, they they are in danger of dropping out because you look at the Jets, who are have been playing better as of late, and who knows they could come up and catch the Bills. They have a tiebreaker against them, and even Miami is still ahead of Buffalo even after losing. So I don't know. Buffalo has a game against the Buccaneers and then the Bengals, and then the Broncos and then the Jets after that. So We'll see how they're able to do before their schedule gets really hard when they have to face Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers. you got to win these layups games coming up. Yeah, absolutely. When you're at the softest part of your schedule and you can't do what you're supposed to do, that's extremely, extremely concerning. Yes, I would completely agree with that. And I think they really, for me, they they kind of, they're not really, I don't consider them heavyweights anymore. I think they're a team that's searching for their identity this year. And like, what what are we going to be? What team are we? Are we the Josh Allen team, or can we be something more than that? Right. And from there, we go on to a team that's plagued with some similar uh, some similar things here, although even worse, in my opinion, the Green Bay Packers. And last week, they fell to the lowly Denver Broncos 19-17. to And what were your thoughts from this abysmal game? Yeah, like you said, similar thoughts to this one. This is the youngest team in the league. And I think does have a lot of potential, but they have yet to show it. I think in those first couple of weeks, you saw some really nice things from Jordan Love and thought, hey, this team could definitely be a contender in the NFC for the playoffs and very likely get it if they can continue that type of offensive production. But after that, they really haven't been able to, and their offense has honestly looked very poor this whole year, and the defense even worse. Yeah, I would agree. And their first half offense has been terrible, just like the Bills. I mean, you look at the last three weeks, they've only scored six points in the first half in three weeks. I mean, that is just absolutely incredible. And if you go even further, the Saints, six points in four, their last four games, they've only scored six points in the first half. I mean, and that's just unacceptable. And had 63 scored on them in that time frame, too. Yeah, so outscored 63 to six. That's just you can't that's not a recipe for success you can't expect your young quarterback to be able to bring you back from the dead in the second half like you you need to do better and for me this is a coaching thing like you get all week to to prepare you lose to the Raiders you have a terrible week so you've had now three weeks of the same thing the Saints you were terrible in the first half Jordan Love was able to bail you out of that game the Lions terrible in the first half the Raiders terrible in the first half. You have the bye week, and you come out against the Broncos and do the exact same thing. That is, well, I put this so much on everybody, but especially Matt Lafleur and his coaching staff. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth there. I was about to bring up that same exact point. When you have the youngest roster in the league, you have got to give give those guys some confidence and give them some layups to start a game. Yep. You cannot continue to let them have that type of failure early in the games. Mm-hmm. You need to give them some early success, give them just something to go off of, and that seems to be completely non-existent right now for the Packers, and it's giving the, putting them behind the eight wall right out of the bat every single game. Yeah, I mean, when A.J. Dillon is your leading receiver with 34 yards, I mean, like, what are we doing here, guys? And, like, look, 
I'm not putting all this on the coaches. That if Jordan Love has been bad, especially downfield, like 20 plus yard throws, he's been completely awful, missing tons of his receivers' wide open throws. But these play calls are absolutely terrible. When you have Aaron Jones, I don't know if he was fully healthy for this game. But if he's healthy enough to get eight carries, he's healthy enough to get 20. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be putting the ball in his hands on most plays. Like, good coaches find a way to get their best players the ball. And I think Jones and Watson are their two most explosive players, and both of them have been non-factors in these last few games. Right. Yeah, like, there's just so many things that need to change and be better for the Packers here. I think you could be close to finding out that Jordan Love is the guy. But we'll see as the season continues. They, Like I said, they may be the youngest team in the league, but still needs to see a lot more from them in a lot of different ways. Yeah, and it, look, the schedule is very favorable. But at this point, I, there's no game is a guaranteed win. A game against the Vikings, which I thought was very winnable, is now looking like a very tough matchup. A game against the Rams, which was very winnable at the beginning of the year, I thought, is looking like a very tough matchup. So this Packers team has is still completely unproven to all of us and we're going to really need to see some growth here if we want to make be able to make a decision on our franchise quarterback absolutely all right and from there if it couldn't get any clownier in terms of these two teams it somehow will as we move on to the clown of the week Everybody loves a good clown, and now it's time to meet the NFL's Clown of the Week for this week. And this week, the Clown of the Week in the NFL is the officials. That's right, the referees are the Clown of the Week this week, and let me tell you why. In the Pittsburgh Steelers-Los Angeles Rams game, Kenny Pickett had a sneak on 4th and 1 that was obviously short in this one but was marked as a first down on every single replay right away. You could tell it was short. But because the play started before the two-minute warning, it was not automatically reviewed. And because of this, the Steelers were able to kneel out the game and end it. For it to end on such a terrible call like that and so obvious, like that is just so clown-worthy by the NFL that there is no way for them to be able to review that play. I mean, officials, you are the clown of the week. Yeah, and I would also add in that Philadelphia-Miami game, calling zero penalties on the Eagles when there were some very questionable calls. There's some pictures going around. You can clearly see some holding and just not being able to call those easy calls. Some scrutiny here with officials seemingly all year. And I was wondering when they would end up on this segment. Well-deserved this week, officials, clown of the week. And now we go on to a new segment that we like to call Imposter in the Room. And Scott, why don't you explain for the fans what this segment is all about? So in this segment, we are going to review some teams that may be imposters and may be contenders. What will we decide? I guess we'll find out. So let's start things off. The San Francisco 49ers were off to a blazing start this season, looking unstoppable. Four things came to a grinding halt the last two weeks, with losses to Cleveland and Minnesota, where they were huge favorites on the road both times. It was their two lowest outputs in terms of both yardage and points, and their most yards allowed versus the Vikings, and that may leave you to wonder, are they the imposter in the room? 
And I would say pretty confidently that they are not the imposters in the room. Because first off, every quarterback has a bad game. And for Brock Purdy, the circumstances in which he had his bad game against the Browns weren't all that unforgivable. You have two of your best, two of the best playmakers in the league go out in the same game. You're playing the Browns, who have arguably the best defense in the league, in their stadium, in the rain. And even still, he was able to get them in a position to win that game. The defense played very well in that game. So that wasn't a terrible loss, in my opinion. This loss to the Vikings, while jarring, because now they lose two in a row, still wasn't even that bad of a loss. You had Brock Purdy throwing two interceptions on the two final drives, which were obviously bad, but now we're finding out that he was concussed during those two drives. So even then, the the 49ers had a chance to win it. They shut out the Vikings in the fourth quarter. So although it is a bit jarring to see them lose two in a row, I still think they are very legitimate contenders and definitely not imposters. Yeah, I would have to tend to agree with everything you had said there. I mean, the, the out, offensive output, especially versus the Browns, was concerning. But again, they are the number one rated defense so far this year. And when I look at San Francisco, they're still the number two DVOA and number six ranked DVOA defense. So I don't think there's a lot of concern for them. But you may have to wonder a little bit after these games, but I wouldn't. And after that, we'll have another team for you. The Miami Dolphins boast the number one offense in the league so far, but with much of that production coming from lesser opponents. When the Dolphins played a big dog each time they lost, and by a large margin. When your offense puts up 20 and 17 versus other good offenses, you have to wonder, are they the imposter in the room? And for me, it's very difficult to judge at this point in the season, but I would say, yes, they are the imposter. And it's a posture with a caveat. One, I think they're a good team. Two, I do not think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And here is why. Because their defense is terrible. Okay, their defense has not been able to produce very well in big moments. They absolutely choke. And they really haven't looked great all year. They really haven't had a marquee matchup. I mean, yeah, they forced the Patriots to 17 points, Giants to 16. Those offenses are terrible. Like you said, they have not had a signature win this year. They blow out bad teams. And for me, they're going to need to prove that they can beat a good team. The next time they face one is the Chiefs in two weeks from now. We'll see. But I do think the Dolphins are imposters. I'm teetering right on the fence with Miami. Mostly because of their loss to the Eagles. Their offense has been so incredibly good. But then their defense, like you said, has been very subject there. In 24-ranked DVOA defense, they let the Chargers score on them a lot, who have had issues scoring. They were close with New England as well. And they obviously did blow out teams like the Giants and the Broncos and the Panthers, who were bad. But like we said, when you face a real defense like Philadelphia or Buffalo and you can only come up with 20 or 17, it's concerning. Yeah. Is it When your offense is your best thing and your defense is subject – that's when you need it the most. And both times so far in big games, it's failed them. So you will have to think about this one quite a bit if Miami is the imposter in the room. Yeah, and another thing, Tua off his rocker hasn't really looked good this year. Anytime you get pressure on him, he's kind of struggled to make those off-script throws. So kind of the same thing as what we saw last year from him. So I would definitely, I think we're both kind of on the same page here, that while they may not be complete imposters, they definitely are showing very suspect signs of it. And from there, we will go on to the game picks for week eight. 
So we begin with the Thursday night matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills. So Tampa Bay coming off a very close loss to the Falcons. Bills obviously losing that to the Patriots. Who do you have taking this matchup? I do have Buffalo winning in this one. And I do as well. I'll take Josh Allen over Baker Mayfield. Should be a fun game. Yeah, I don't know how. I feel like I can't even just come in here and just keep saying must win, get right game, all of those, all that jargon. This is a must win for the Bills. It absolutely is. And honestly, it's interesting. They're still getting as much love as they are, being favored by eight and a half on yeah. their home field. That's absurd to me. That's absurd to me. After what we've seen these last three weeks, that's absurd. Yeah. And, like, obviously not a statistical must win, but it just feels like a must win at this point. Like, with how you've been playing since that Dolphins game, like, <laughs> is it still jet lag at this point, or is this real? And if they lose to the Buccaneers, my goodness, I don't know what the storyline will be. But, yeah, I, I don't think that will happen. Uh, the Buccaneers are a flawed team. As much as I love Baker, they got a ways to go, so I, I will pick the Bills here. Then you have the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Dallas Cowboys, who are coming off a bye. The Rams got downed by the Steelers, my Steelers, last week. Who wins this matchup? I have the Rams winning in this one. And I have the Dallas Cowboys. Of course you would have the Rams here. I, honestly, I do like this matchup for the Rams. I do think they have a better. the Rams have a better offense and the Cowboys have a better defense, but I believe the Rams can prevail on this one. I think this is a good matchup and one that I do think the Rams could come out on top in. Yeah, I, I would definitely definitely push back on the Rams having a better offense here because I really don't – like Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, comparable. I'd probably take Dak just because Matt Stafford is, is very prone to turnovers, and I, I think Dak is – I know he, we kind of lumped on him for turnovers last year with the interceptions, but generally he's been pretty good with that. Uh, with the running game, you know, the Rams have had some injuries with the running backs, um, so I'll take Pollard any day over whoever they're rolling out there. Uh, Dallas home field off a bye. I think they could win it um, unless they pull up uh, one of their signature just collapse games. But, you know, that could happen at any time. I'm not going to try and predict when those will happen, so I will take Dallas. Uh, and then you have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the lowly Packers. And the Vikings showing some surge here as they are 3-4 and four, coming off a nice win against the Niners. Do you think they can keep up their nice streak with the win against the Packers? Maybe a little crazy, but I will be picking the Packers in this one. Wow. I'm going to have to disagree. I'll take Minnesota. Yeah, I think the Justin Jefferson-less Packers, I think divisional game, I think the Packers maybe have seen enough to try and get right and fix some of their flaws. And Minnesota is definitely far from a perfect team, and I don't think that these teams are really far apart. Well, I hope you're right here, but I do think Kirk Cousins has been playing very well this year, just having a really nice stat line with 16 touchdowns, five interceptions. And Jordan Addison looking like a very good uh, very good receiver here, so I think that will give the Packers trouble. Um, I, I hope you're right, the Packers will win, but I just can't pick them with how bad they've looked so far. And then we got the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tennessee Titans here. So... Two teams that, uh, well, I like the Titans, you like the Falcons. Uh, who are you going to pick in this game? I have the Falcons winning in this one. And I have the Titans taking this game. Yeah, I feel like this is the Arthur Smith revenge game here, you know, going back <laughs> to town. Yeah. Well, he won't have it, though, because Rabes and those Titans, they always play hard, and, and they're going to they're gonna get, get right here. You know, coming back from London, that was kind of a fluky game. They're going to have a nice win here. 
I, I do really like how Atlanta has been able to utilize some of their top har- targets in Pitts and London the last few weeks. As there are a lot of complaints about how they're being used for a few weeks. Although Atlanta has been very good at shooting themselves in the foot, and <laughs> it was kind of amazing that they won that game in Tampa, or at least like didn't win it by a lot more, as they were within the 12 yard line three times and got zero points from it. Exactly. Like you do that against the Titans, you're not going to come away with the victory. And you just wonder when Desmond Ritter is going to, you know, have that game-changing turnover or mistake. And I think the Titans are a team that can take advantage of that. Yeah, maybe not. We'll see. We'll see. Then you got the New Orleans Saints taking on the Indianapolis Colts. Colts putting up 38 points on the Browns' vaunted defense. Who do you think will take this game? I had the Saints winning in this one. And I do as well. Yeah, I think the Saints deserve a little bit of a comeback game coming off their loss. And I think this really is a pretty good matchup. And maybe one that's a little bit better than we would have thought coming into this year. Yeah, and the Saints definitely not uh, – well, I think they're accurately represented with their record. But they really were close to beating Jacksonville in that game. I mean, you had a terrible drop by the tight end. I forgot his name in that uh, in the in the end zone. You had Derek Hart just yelling at his teammates the entire game and in the press conference afterwards apologizing for it. But I don't know what's going on with him. But, you know, Saints. this Saints team is, is far from being a bottom feeder. And, yeah, I do like the Colts and Gardner Minshew, but I think the Saints have that defense, and Derek Carr should be able to have a better bounce-back week this week. Kamara's been just everything for them since coming back. Yeah, so many receptions. 150 all-purpose yards last week. Yeah, an incredible threat he is. I mean, coming out off a down year, we wonder how he'd be able to respond, and he's looking very dynamic, just as dynamic as ever. Then you have the New England Patriots taking on the Miami Dolphins. So Patriots coming off a nice win. Dolphins losing to the Eagles here. Who do you think takes this divisional game? I have Miami winning in this one. And as do I. I just think the Dolphins have really had success against Belichick and the uh, Patriots, especially with Tua there. Uh, so I will take Dolphins. Yeah, although it was quite a close one in terms of score on the Sunday night game earlier this year, the Dolphins really did outplay them, and that score should have been more than it was. Agreed. And then from there, you have the two New York teams playing, Jets and Giants. So Jets coming off a bye, Giants coming off a win. Who takes the victory? I have the Jets winning in this one. And for me, I will have the Giants, although I do think the Jets are the better team. I think the Giants have kind of been playing a little bit better than they should be, and so I think they have more momentum going into this game. Yeah, really interesting that the Giants offense having some life with Tyrod Taylor in there in place of Daniel Jones. Yeah, sometimes you just need that change. And uh, just like I predicted, I, I assume that uh, Waller would be getting some really nice production with Tyrod Taylor as he loves the tight ends. Yep, you were right on that one, for sure. Yeah, Darren Waller obviously got a, a great playmaker playmaker in him. Barkley has been turning it up, so I do like the Giants' momentum here. Jets, they really need to start winning these games if they want to have a shot at the playoffs. So it should be a fun little game here in New York. Then you have the Jaguars taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Both teams coming off pretty good victories. Who do you have taking this one? I have Jacksonville winning this one. And I will have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Of course you do. So Steelers, um, and I'm going to be the one to say this because I'll deliver it with more fairness. Steelers have been outgained in every game they played so far. So six games, they have been outgained in all six. They've won four of them, and this is what I call the mark of a Mike Tomlin-led team. Doesn't matter what you got out on the offense. Doesn't matter the talent you got. You're gonna out. You're gonna every game they play. They're gonna have the better coach. They're gonna have the better defensive scheme, and they're gonna have what nobody else has. T.J. Watt. 
TJ Watt single-handedly has won them two games this year, and he can do it again. I expect him to wreak havoc on this Jaguars offense, which still doesn't look that impressive. I think has really been on the up-and-coming, though scoring 37 and 31 the last two weeks. But unable to get Calvin Ridley involved. Yeah, that could be a little bit concerning, not getting Ridley involved, but I think they have been able to get some other pieces going, which is nice for them. I think they do have a few good pieces on that offense. Yeah, well, you definitely could be right. You know, Jaguars still kind of on the fringe for me. I haven't really seen all I needed to, especially the lack of them beating really good teams. So we'll see. But uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, never count them out. And uh, last week, you may recall uh, me switching my pick live on air to the Steelers. That ended up working out as they beat the Rams. So I'm going to pick the Steelers from here on out. Uh, Steelers all the way. Then you have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Washington Commanders in a nice divisional game here. Last time these two teams played, it went to overtime, and the Eagles prevailed. Do you think the tides turn in this game? I have the Eagles winning in this one. I do as well. Yeah, I think that's more chalked up to one of the things where it's just one of those wacky divisional games. And I'm not sure what it is about a team being in your division exactly, but there seems to have been a lot of it this year where teams that we really perceive as weaker are being able to win very often or at least make some of these games close interdivisionally. Yeah, well, I think it's just you see them twice a year, especially if you know if if you have been on that team for a while, then you've seen them twice a year, you know, for one year, two years, three years. So you're just used to how that team plays, and you know each other very well, which could lead to some interesting results. Um, so I do expect this to be a very entertaining game, as the Commanders have historically, you know, past couple of years played the Eagles pretty well. But I do think the Eagles right now they're just on a roll. They they did have a, a good week last week, but I don't know how much of a role you can be on when you've lost the week before. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe role is, is the wrong word for it. But I think they're kind of on a high after that win against a really good Dolphins team and the way that they were com- able to completely execute their game plan perfectly and I think really gave them the confidence they need to go into this next portion of the season. Now that statement I agree with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I know you, you – Get out of here with your Eagles hate, okay? <laughs> we all know how you feel about the Eagles, okay? And I apologize to you, too. I said I apologize for them. <laughs> all right, all right. Don't go back on it now. Don't go back. Hey, you had just as much Eagles hate as I did at the start of the year. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. still think the Cowboys are going to win that division, all right? <laughs> but uh, never mind that prediction. We go on to the Houston Texans versus the Carolina Panthers. And Texans coming off a bye facing the Panthers, who are also coming off a bye. Who do you have winning this game? I have the Texans winning in this one. And I do as well. C.J. Stroud looking like a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, Houston actually being interesting and fun to watch this year, which was super surprising for most people. Yeah. Meanwhile, Carolina and Bryce Young looking quite poorly. Right. It really doesn't look too well for him there. Uh, I don't know what they're going to have to do. Probably just they're just in a complete rebuild at this point. So Houston has those pieces. And they're going to be able to fly here. I really like Nico Collins as a receiver for Stroud. And Dalton Schultz got some nice pieces for him. And the Texans should roll here. Then you have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Seattle Seahawks. Browns have impressed with P.J. Walker. But how long will that last? Can they beat the Seahawks in Seattle? I don't think so. I have the Seattle Seahawks winning. And so do I. Yeah, this is a game that I'd really like for Cleveland if they had Watson. But they unfortunately do not. And for me, Seattle's been a team that's just kind of annoying me so far because I feel like I don't have a great grip on them either way, like how good they actually are. Because I feel like they should have a better offense than they really do. I mean, they definitely do have some depth on the defense that's obviously talked about 
quite a lot and is decently ranked, but I feel like I always want to see more from that offense and I'm left wondering if they're a team that's really capable of making some noise in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Uh, Seahawks, very run-centric team. The defense is really coming on. You have Devon Witherspoon looking like a really good corner in the league, my goodness. Uh, so Seahawks, Browns should be a low-scoring affair. Uh, I do like ultimately for me it comes down to Geno Smith over PJ Walker and the fact that the Seattle Seahawks have that 12th man in their stadium and then you have the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos so short turnaround between these two teams facing and who do you have taking this game I have Kansas City winning in this one and so do I though it does feel a bit dangerous as the Chiefs really looking like the best team in the AFC at six and one yeah but I think there could be some uh, some Definitely competition coming off the backside from Baltimore. Um, although Chiefs tend to have a very good week last week. And I, I think it's a bit of a dangerous number here as they're only favored by 7.5 versus Denver. I think it's a number that may come to be regretted. I think this could be a lot of money on that number. Yeah, well, historically the Chiefs really have not covered the spread very well, and they tend to get a lot of big spread as they are the Chiefs. So and you know, definitely this is kind of a game that you might want to bet the Broncos, but I do think the Chiefs will prevail in this game. And then you have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Arizona Cardinals. So Ravens could not be falling higher here after demolishing the Lions um, my last week's underdog lock. Um, and they are facing the lowly Cardinals. So who do you have taking this game? I have the Ravens winning in this one. What yeah. a good pick by me for the Diamond in the Rough. Yeah, very good. And I will definitely uh, be looking at the Ravens a little bit more closely now. But... I do have the Arizona Cardinals taking this game for no other reason than it just feels right. And sometimes that's all you need. Yes. Like I said, the top dog tumble. Whenever a team prevails, whenever a team is, everyone's like, man, look at this team. Look how good they are. They lose. You had the Bills beating the Dolphins. They lost. You had the 49ers climbing high. They lose against the the Browns. You had the Dolphins before they faced the Bills. They lose to the Bills. So I think it's the Ravens' turn to tumble in this week. We shall see. And then you have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the San Francisco 49ers. So this is a very interesting matchup because Brock Purdy has not been cleared to play this game because he has a concussion. So Bengals coming off a bye. Brock Purdy may be questionable. Who do you have taking this game? I have the 49ers taking this one. I do as well. I honestly still believe that the Bengals have been giving too much love after those last couple of wins. I mean, they're still one of the lowest-ranked offenses and defenses in this league. I just really can't see that the Bengals getting back on track too much with the start they've had. Yeah, I mean, I think it will happen at some point just because Joe Burrow is too good. They have too good of a receiving core. Joe Mixon's obviously a great playmaker. But, yes, they have looked very, very mediocre to start this year. Hopefully coming off a bye week, they can get things going again. But, uh, yeah, for me taking the 49ers and they should be very angry and like i said they should just slash this Bengals team absolutely and then you have the chicago bears taking on the la chargers so bears coming off a nice victory against the raiders with the backup quarterback and the chargers obviously losing to the chiefs who do you have taking this game are the chargers winning in this one as do i I mean, the, the Bears really only getting a nice win in the backup quarterback bowl there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously, that's a, that's a nice name. I like that. And then, uh, yeah, so they should have another – I think they should have another good offensive performance at least against this Chargers defense who's been really bad. And I never feel co- quite comfortable picking the Chargers, but I do think they are the better team. 
And I think in this game, this is really a must win, at least for Brandon Staley and the hopes of this Chargers team to make the postseason. Yeah, I think it's going to be better off for the Chargers, though, if they lose this one and get Staley out of there. That's true. Yeah, And I think really last year, last offseason, rather, hiring Kellen Moore, to me that was just you're hiring Kellen Moore as your head coach. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Um, so, yeah, I think that would also be in their best interest. So, really, there is no losing this game for the Chargers. If you win, you win. Uh, and if you lose, you end up ultimately winning. <laughs> so then you have the Las Vegas Raiders and the Detroit Lions on Monday night. Lions coming off a bad loss to the Ravens. Obviously, Raiders losing to the Bears. Who takes this game? I think Detroit will win this one. And I do as well. But my first uh, initial thought of this game is why is this on Monday night again? Um, you know, I don't know what's significant about the Raiders and Lions matchup, but I think this should be quite an unexciting game as the Lions are the far superior team. Thankfully, the last game we'll have to see the Raiders on primetime this year. Yes, is that a fact? Yes, it is. Thank goodness, because they are, they are just so boring to watch. It's unbelievable. Right. Especially with a playmaker like Adams and Jacobs, like the, the fact that you aren't able to really be interesting at all to me says something about that offensive coaching with Josh McDaniels. Just but, get out of here with McDaniels, just yeah. everything about him. He is oh. terrible. He has always been a bad head coach, and every team that he's tried, he's just been a failure. It's just he needs to go. Right. So, yeah, Lions should roll in that game. And then we have, from there, our underdog locks of the week. So, last week, I lost, again, taking the Detroit Lions, uh, who lost to the Ravens, and Scott had the L.A. Chargers, who lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, I am 0-6 in these underdog locks, and Scott is 2-4 and on the year. So, we're both hoping to get back on track. Well, I'm hoping to get on the track. Scott's hoping to get back on track this week. Who do you have? I will, yet again, for the third time this year, have the Los Angeles Rams. Hmm. So you hit the, those two, right, when you picked the Rams? I'm one on one with the Rams so far. Okay, yeah, I'll try it again, try it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I, I definitely you know, think the Rams, they definitely showed more, more juice this year than, than I think we both had thought. And, you know, they really have a favorable kind of – they have a chance to win against the Cowboys who at any given moment to just could just implode. So I, I kind of do like that pick. And for me, I will have to go with the Arizona Cardinals as my underdog lock of the week. I'm really selling. I'm really hanging my hat on this uh, this narrative of top dogs tumbling. So if it doesn't work out, whatever, you know, it is what it is. I'm 0-6. So <laughs> Robert really just grasping at straws here. He'll just try any just any <laughs> method to try yes. and get a win here. We'll bring in other people. We'll just think of just like any strategy yes. that could possibly work. Yes. Hey, this might not be a bad one. I don't hate that strategy. I know. It seems like it's happened this year. So we'll have to see this week. Yes, they're due. That's, that's the strategy. They're due for a bad loss. Yes. And after that... It's going to be time to transition into Rob's Fantasy Starts and Sits of the Week. So why don't you tell the folks how we did last week? Yes. So last week was not the best of weeks, but it wasn't the worst. So in our starts, I had Brian Robinson Jr., who ended up finishing as the 24th-ranked running back with eight carries, 23 yards, and one touchdown. So the main frustration for me was, why are you not running the football? They decided to throw it 42 times with Sam Howell, despite the low score. It wasn't like you were down by a ton, and so you had to throw it. Why are you only getting Robinson eight carries a game? Whatever, that's beside the point. That was kind of a bad start. Then you had Brandon Ayuk, who finished as the 35th wide receiver, so obviously a bad start there. Five catches, 57 yards. You had Aaron Jones, who I said sit, 
And that ended up being right on the money as Jones was the 31st ranked running back, having only 35 yards on the ground. Then I also said to sit Zach Moss, which ended up being a nice pick as well as he was the 29th ranked running back. Although he did have 18 carries, not a lot of yards with only 57 and did not score a touchdown. So in this week, week eight, my starts and sits, and I really do like them, my starts are Nico Collins of the Houston Texans facing the Carolina Panthers. So Nico Collins emerging as one of the more premier receivers in the league. So far, he is 12th in fantasy points this year, and he's going up against a Panthers defense who has been pretty good, but the Texans have been very good on offense. They're coming off a bye, and I really do like Nico Collins in this matchup. I would also start Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders. That's right. I think he'll finish in the top 10 quarterbacks this week. As last time he faced the Eagles, he had his best game, arguably his best game, with 290 yards passing and a touchdown. I think he'll be even better as the commanders are at home this time. And Sam Howell throws the ball among the most in the NFL. The commanders throw it fourth most, averaging 36 pass attempts. So Sam Howell, I think he's a really talented quarterback, and I think he's going to be able to shred this weak Eagle secondary. And this also sparks me to make a little prediction here. So earlier in this, in this season, our old friend Scott, decided to just pick Sam Howell, this poor guy, out of the hat and just completely stomp all over this guy. Said he'd be benched during the year. I mean, absolute disrespect. So I will come to his defense and I will mark my words. Mark my words. Sam Howell, by the end of this year, will be considered a quarterback that the commanders will want to build around at least for next year. He will start all of the games and he will be considered a solid quarterback. Just pointing out, Sam Howell has been sacked the most times of any quarterback this year by 40 and has the most sacked yards lost at 267. He seems to be able to take a lot of sacks, I think, more than any other. (laughs) Yes, well, look, I take that as a sign of toughness. We got to clean up the raw decision-making, but we got raw talent. We got a a fighting spirit. And And Sam Howell. coach is going to drive us into a ditch. Yes, (laughs) but that's not Sam Howell's fault. (laughs) So, Sam Howell, go out and prove them all wrong, boy. Now, in the sits of the week, I have a guy that I've had on this segment three times so far. I will sit Brian Robinson Jr. So, he has had 63 yards in the last three weeks combined, averaging 21 yards a game in his last three games. So, which is obviously terrible. He's also facing the Eagles defense, who is first against running backs. They held Mostert to a season-low 45 yards. This Eagles defense is just absolutely unrunnable. So, start, or sorry, sit Brian Robinson Jr., I would also sit Tony Pollard. He only broke 100 yards once so far this season, only has two rushing touchdowns. Yes, he usually is a big receiving threat, but I do think that the Rams will do a nice job of taking that away. So sit Tony Pollard this week. And from there, we will go on to Scott's parlay of the week. So, Scott, you are 15-6 and on the year, but you went 0-3 last week. What caused that to happen, and what's your parlay for this week? Yeah, unfortunately, you broke our two-week winning streak with the parlays, and for the first time this year, missed on more than one of my games, actually missing all three with the Commanders, Lions, and Packers all taking losses. So, for this week, I'm taking some games. I didn't really love any underdogs in this week, so I found some games that I liked at a little bit lower of a numbers. So, this week, I have Jacksonville Jaguars, the Atlanta Falcons, and the San Francisco 49ers. So, 
the Jaguars and Falcons, both favored by two and a half, and the 49ers by three and a half, I think are all small enough margins you can get on the money line that can give you a nice payout for a safe enough pick. So for this week, pick Jaguars, Falcons, and 49ers on the money line. All right, so we differ in two of those games. We'll see who ends up being right. And Scott still having a very good year with his parlays and his picks. He has six on me. Hopefully I can gain some on him this week.